Welcome to the Tabroxy Method, creating confident learners. The Tabroxy Method uses a unique combination of breath work, brain body work, gratitude, and a clay-based program to affect the neuroplasticity of the brain in students. To help strengthen their mind-body connection, help them develop a growth mindset, and most importantly, trust and confidence in themselves. Welcome to another episode of the Creating Confident Learners podcast. I'm Tani Taproxy. In this episode, we're going to talk more about how environments actually affect our habits and choices and how environments are actually triggers to how we do things or if we even do them at all. We can use environments greatly to influence children and students' actions and how they show up in a space. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. One way to support the Creating Confident Learners podcast is to leave a five-star review and written review anywhere you listen to it. Thanks so much, and let's get started. Be sure to sign up for the foundation course. This course is here to support you, both parents and educators. It teaches the exact foundational tools I have used with students to increase focus, ease anxiety, and help raise confidence and self-esteem so that they can succeed in all areas of their lives, including academics. It's made into bite-sized digestible pieces to help you apply these tools right away. So I was reminded recently when a friend happened to stop by and see my teaching space for the first time how much setting actually matters. Um, my mini classroom is about 11 by 7.5 feet. It's this cozy little place to learn. And I love it when adults step into this classroom space because their eyes just tend to light up. They start wandering around the room, remembering, peeking, looking at what's on the walls, whether there are friendly reminders um, or student work. And they, I can just see that they want to be in this space. And I was recently reminded when this friend stepped into this, my mini classroom, that the space has feeling and power in and of itself. I purposely created this space to be a place I wanted to spend time in, like a cozy reading nook, has a colorful rug, big soft armchairs, puffs on the floor, and yes, all the necessary things to teach, the whiteboard, the books, the bookshelves, the desk, and a really big window to let light in. Um, my favorite part of this room is actually the back of my big sliding barn door that um, ended up designing it with this really fun textured, like almost raw wood and a herringbone pattern. Um, and I love closing the space and seeing it. So whenever I do a podcast, that's when I get to see it because ironically, it's the door is open for the most part into kind of the sunshine and letting everything go because I work in a pretty quiet little space on this property. And I actually love being in this space when it's a little rainy outside. It's the perfect place to study, to turn on academically and record my podcast when it's time and just a place to retreat to and get into that academic mode or podcast mode or education mode really. And, and this environment itself tends to trigger that and those things for me, for students who come here and a good classroom space or a loved and functioning home office space is just like that feeling of when you step into something like maybe a yoga studio or a sacred space like a church or a mosque. There's almost this resonance, this 
um, our body can feel what this space is for and are drawn to it. And this resonance is also a signal to the brain and body into what the space entails, what it's about. Same with a gym or a desk that you always do your work at, or as simple as rolling out your yoga mat, that ritual, the arriving to a specific time and place at a specific time and doing the same thing over and over again is a signal to your brain and creating this habit. So whether it's the classroom space, we step in, we work, whether it's the home office or the office space, school, um, the yoga studio, a sacred space, we our body knows what to do because there is an association with that environment. And something as simple as rolling out your yoga mat, there is a ritual that allows for brain and body to understand what's going on. Actually, when I was a classroom teacher, I used to physically close my lesson book at the end of the day, my planner, and keep it on my teacher's desk. And that was a signal to me that my workday was done because as teachers, we tend to bring our work home sometimes. And so I physically would make the ritual of closing up my planner at the end of the school day when it was time to go home as that a signal of the the work day, the classroom day is done. So just like an environment or ritual can let us start and turn on, we can also do the same thing with turning off. They talk about, you know, turning off screens before going to bed an hour or more, depending on your sleep patterns to really signal to the brain that it's time to start winding down. But there's something about ritual that allows our brain and body to understand what's going on, whether it is that rolling of out of the yoga mat, stepping into a classroom space, having the same time and spot to do homework, the brain and body gets a signal. So again, when I created this mini classroom, I created the space in a way that I knew I wanted to spend time in. And if I wanted to spend time in, you know, the idea was that students would want to spend time here too. So it's comfortable, it's airy, it's bright, there's a colorful rug, comfy chairs, bookcases, you know, really thinking of that cozy reading, learning nook here and pillows and posts to sit on the floor and read and play math games and do all the things. And then I also have a ritual with a lava lamp. I have a little mini lava lamp here and it ceremoniously gets turned on when it's time to start the day to think. And it turns off at the end of the school day as well. You know, it's almost the joke of like when the lava lamp is moving and thinking, we're moving and thinking in this space as well. And, you know, the environment doesn't have to be necessarily a thing. When I was a private teacher and I would homeschool full-time privately for families, I remember some of my high school students, I would physically turn on, I would see their their body language change as I stepped in and entered the main house. And I would even watch as I left, kind of them relax, the school day's done, we're, um, we're done with that. And I'm just talking to somebody today about how one-on-one teaching is different than the classroom, how you can get a lot more done in the one-on-one setting, like one to two hours of focus academic time translates to, you know, days sometimes of classroom study. I have more of a theory that it's three to four hours of think time per school day. So you can get a lot more done in a more focused, non-fluff way. <laughs> but I back to the those homeschool students, I think it was funny that I was almost a set in setting for them. So I would come in and say, time to work, school day starts, homeschool. And then I left for the day and they'd be like, okay, school's over for the day. And 
So I had this idea of environment and settings and creating a proper setting. So for homework, if you're having trouble getting a child or student to complete a task, like making it more of a routine, more ritual, we always do homework first thing after school and then everything else. So, or we always do it at this desk at this time and, and setting a time, like it's 2.30, it's 4, it's 5, whatever the time is that works for your family. Sometimes in creating, it's always here, it's always at this time, creates that habit more with ease where it's a little bit more embodied. And it's funny because I was... <laughs> in the middle of outlining this podcast this week, and I just started listening to Atomic Habits on Audible, and I'm always floored when the universe mirrors or gives me further information to what I'm thinking and talking about in terms of education. He, in Atomic Habits, he talks a lot about how environments affect our choices and how we can model our choices by making the environment and routine conducive and supportive to the outcome that we actually want. So if we set up the space properly, if we set up the time, the routine, we're more specific with it was what he was talking about. So the author of Atomic Habits is James Clear, and he was talking about the more specific, the more specific the timing of a habit and also the environment itself will positively or detrimentally affect whether or not you're successful with what you're wanting to achieve. And he was just talking about like, oh, I wanted to start doing push-ups. And as soon as I said, as soon I'm going to close my laptop and then I'll do 10 push-ups every day that became more specific versus he's like, I'm going to do push-ups before lunch. So it had to be super specific for him to get what he needed done. But James Clear, you always talk about how the environment affects our choices and how we can model our choices by making our environment more conducive. There's a lot to be said about doing homework at the same time and place every school day that creates a positive habit, whether that's right after school or right after dinner or after sports and dance practice. It creates a more automatic ease in that choice by having that routine and ritual be as specific as possible. Then there's no room for debate or thinking about it. It's just a habit of when this particular task gets done. And then again, the brain-body connection, the mind-body connection, and also just the second nature of that just happening in creating a more positive habits. There in the in Atomic Habits, he also talks about how there are studies when water was made more available at a cash register where there was maybe just sodas or energy drinks, the purchase of that choice went up merely just because it was right there. So the environment affected, okay, maybe I'll get a water instead of, you know, soda because it's here versus when there weren't any water, there weren't water bottles at the cash register, then it wasn't a choice. It wasn't in the environment. And we, he also referred back to Starbucks. Like we think that we have a choice in coffee, um, but the number one coffee chain and shop is Starbucks because and it's the most purchased coffee because it's prevalence and proximity. It's literally everywhere and not just in towns, but now international and so forth. So the environment has affected that idea or that choice to purchase coffee from Starbucks. It's as, it's as one-to-one in this case as he's talking about. So we essentially have so much control to influence ourselves and our students by setting up a space or routine that allows for the likelihood of an ideal action, getting homework done, getting homeschool done with the same time, same place, the brain and body is more likely to be wired and to register that routine when the environment itself um, supports 
the intended actionable steps with that specific time and space. So for the kids who really struggle with meeting just basic academic expectations or procrastination, having a structured space, ritual, routine, I always do, you know, my homework at this time, at this desk, at this space, you know, greatly helps in building that necessary studying academic habit needed. And when it becomes second nature and embodied, then there's not that struggle that you sometimes see previous when it's like, I'm going to do homework at this time and then over here on this time and so forth. So really having some kind of structure when a kid doesn't have these habits and bodies will help support that better. And, you know, same for us as adults, we need the same type of thing. I had a friend who went from, this is pre-COVID, to working in an office, to working at home, and she noticed years ago that she wasn't getting very much done at home until she set up a home space and a home time that she was going to work because she had the freedom to do whatever she wants. So even in a place where we're motivated, we get paid to do something. If we don't have the proper space, the proper environment, this proper routine, then the likelihood of being the most productive in that time is slim to none. And so the body does turn on again, when we step into a space like a yoga studio, into a classroom, to at our work desk, into the office, whatever it is, there is a signal to the body and brain. And just like the tools that I use in the foundation course, the gratitude and the breathing, they're always done first to create this ease and expectation and habit. And then the effects compound to where those effects are exponentially positive, right? So one little thing after another, you know, they say it takes anywhere from 30 to 40 days just to create a habit, but we can use the environment to trigger those habits and use the environment to create more positive habits with ease. It's the simple routine of always doing something, rolling out the yoga mat that helps get over the hump to do the task at hand. They always say in yoga that it's the hardest part is getting to the yoga mat or starting the class or the studio. And then once you're there, it becomes easy. And, and there for yoga specifically, like, you know, sometimes the body doesn't always want to do that, but at the end of a class, an hour, 30 minutes, 10 minutes on the mat, mentally, physically, like I'm always grateful that I made it. And same with academics. Like once it started, once it's done, once you've moved through whatever is hard, then there's that gratitude. And again, some things come easier than others. I have one student right now where she's having to do a new task and particularly rewriting her spelling mistakes and her writing word for word correctly is both physically and mentally taxing. She's only done it a couple times, but with the routine of doing it every other day after she's written a rough draft, that task will become easier. I've seen it happen over and over and over again. You know, we're opening the same book, we're doing the same routine, we're doing the same thing with this writing that is right now hard, but I know that you know, in a week or two, it's going to be easy. And so it's just the same with academics, arriving, setting up the environment, the routine is the hardest. We know as teachers, the start of the school year is usually the most difficult where you're reteaching how the dynamics of things are going to go in class, the routine, the, you know, the schedule and those kind of dynamics. So once that is set, everything starts to flow a little bit easier and it does become easier from there. 
using, so what's really cool, just being reinforced by Atomic Habits and James Clear, and he talks a lot about creating these habits, using the environment, the specific times to influence habit in a positive way is the way to create it and make it become embodied and become an easeful task, an easeful habit. The brain and body does catch up to the environmental triggers and the environment is what is being signaled or what's signaling to them what needs to happen. So it's pretty cool how we can, again, affect how an habit, how the brain is processing and so forth through the environment and environmental triggers and use of routine, same space, same time, um, and so forth to create the habits that we really want in children and in students. Be sure to sign up for the foundation course. This course is here to support you. It teaches the exact foundational tools I have used with students to ease anxiety and help raise confidence and self-esteem so that they can succeed in all areas of their lives, including academics. It's available as a one-time purchase or as an ongoing monthly subscription with extra group support and monthly live stream. Be sure to sign up for the newsletter to stay in contact. Keep up with the Creating Confident Learners community on Instagram and Facebook at Creating Confident Learners. Have a blessed day and aloha.